0: Welcome to How to Rock the Stage Show, a show committed to equipping you to hone your media skills better to stand out from the crowd as a go-to expert in your field. Each week, Rich Bontrager interviews top leaders, influencers, authors, speakers, podcasters, and media professionals about how to leverage media best to help you shine brighter on camera and stage as a go-to expert. Now, here's your host, The Trigger, Rich Bontrager. Tonight, we have the privilege of being with the former president of the National Speakers Association. He's a Hall of Fame author, speaker, entrepreneur, leadership coach. He does it all. 23 different published books, 3,400 paid speaking um, speeches. He's got about every speaking award possible Uh, And the only thing he hasn't done yet, besides he did have a TEDx done, the only thing he hasn't done is launch his own podcast, but we're going to talk about podcasting tonight as part of building your own media empire. Jim Cathcart, great to be with you here tonight, and thanks for taking the time.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Well, here's the unofficial seal of approval. There you go. Since we are unofficial.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, Jim, let's just, first of all, the, the world has shifted, we're all online well, media has become the media-centric. And several months ago, you and I were at an event and we began to talk about this fact that you can't just speak, you can't just write a book, you can't just do these things that you've done. You need to do them under the whole umbrella of a media empire. Can you just give us your perspective on what that means?
1: Sure. We are well, if we were to start, if we were to recreate the National Speakers Association today, and I was there in the early days, but not an original founder, I came in after it was about two years old but it only had a couple hundred members. And so I was in on all the the vital discussions that shaped NSA into what it is today. And um, of course we were the National Speakers Association because that's what Bill Gove and Kevin Robert came up with in the early, early days. And there have been times when we've reconsidered that name over the years because speaking of course is a vehicle rather than what we do and If I were renaming it today, I think I would name it what I just named my own mentorship program. I would call it, if it was an association, the National Experts Association, because it's expertise that we're really selling. My entity is called the Experts Academy Mentorship. But, But that's the point, is it's not the medium, it's the expertise. All the rest of that, that's just delivery vehicle. You know, there's like people say, well, um, you know, are you, do you do speeches? Yeah. Are you, are you online? <laughs> do you answer your phone? I mean, that, that's, that's such an odd question. It's not about the medium. All of these things, you know, people say, how do I find you? My name, Jim Cathcart. Well, where do I look? Where would you like to look? Um, YouTube? Okay. Twitter? Okay. You know, TikTok? Yeah you know, Facebook, LinkedIn, keep naming them all day long. It's it's the message. And it's the expertise. And that's what it's all about. So a podcast is a mode. And mm-hmm. I'm on a, about three podcasts a week on average, as a guest. And because I don't have any live here on premises staff, I chose not to have my own podcast, but that's
0: changing. So, so let's talk about that interview guesting part, because not enough people know how to leverage that and show up well to get the hook to say, call me, email me, book a call, do whatever it is. But I'm, I'm sure you have become a master at interview skills that pull people toward you. Mm-hmm. How do you do that?
1: Yeah. It's, well, first, it's all based on what they need. People say, how do, you, how do you give a compelling speech? Know your audience. Yeah, but I mean, how do you give a compelling speech? Know your audience. It's 100% about the audience. It's about your recipients and what they're trying to receive or hoping to receive. And the more you're tuned into to what they need, want and care about, the more your speech is gonna fit that mode. Yeah, but I, you know, I need to work on my words and my gestures. No, you don't. You need to work on your understanding and caring about your audience and everything else will fall in line. You can even speak awkwardly. You can even get things wrong occasionally you can even mispronounce words and still have a huge impact if they're sure that you get them and you care about them. Quick story about getting them. Mm -hmm. Andy Smith called me. Andy Smith was at the uh, Milwaukee headquarters of Harley Davidson. He said, Jim, Andy Smith. He said, uh, we're thinking about you for our keynote speech at the 100-year uh, dealer convention of Harley-Davidson. I said, done. He said, not so fast. I want to come hear you speak. I said, you heard me speak. We were together in Orlando about a year and a half ago. He said, well, yeah. I said, and you were in my audience. That was me. He said, yeah. I said, have you seen the videos on my website? Uh-huh. That's me too. I said, you don't want to come hear me speak. Let's talk about what really matters. And he said, well, what really matters? I said, what really matters is whether I get it who Harley Davidson is. Long pause. He said, you know, you're absolutely right. I don't want to come hear you speak. I know you can speak well. That's why I called you. (laughs) Huh? He said, so how do we determine if you get it who we are? I said, put a motorcycle under me. Another long pause. Can you be in Denver on Thursday with a helmet? I said, are you buying? He said, yes. I said, I can be there. So I show up in Denver with a helmet. We get on two Harley Road Kings. And for three days, we tour the Rocky Mountains. And we stop at motorcycle dealers and try out other models of the bike. And we ride up on these twisty mountain roads. And it's just fabulous. At the end of it, he said, I got to go back to Milwaukee. And I'm taking this bike with me. Take yours back to Denver and turn it in. By the way, you got the job. Best sales call of my life. Mm-hmm. Boom. Now, why did I get it? Because I was persuasive? No. Because I had, you know, features and benefits all lined out in a neat neat little nifty package? No. What it, it, because I, he really understood, I get it who you guys are, and I realize you're good at what you do, so come do it for us.
0: So that's been a coaching point for many years for public speakers. Know your audience, know your audience, know your audience. just as true now to do research on the host of the show what the show vibe is like do some research so when you appear on the show you equal that vibe isn't it
1: absolutely and and there's so many different styles of interview you know some of them are very structured and they'll have the whole thing almost scripted ahead of time at least their part and others are are just so unstructured that you kind of wish you hadn't shown up you know because Hey, and what'd you think about those Padres the other day? Wasn't that a great game? That's relevant? No, but wasn't it fun? Yeah. You know, I mean, so watch a couple of their shows. Tune tune into them and get who your host is and get who their audience is. And the more you can make that host look like a hero to their audience, Mm -hmm. the more they're going to say, best guest I ever had.
0: And, and when you shine on your shows, other people will see you and you get more bookings for more interviews and more shows It is a great lead magnet. Now, what do you do with the shows once you've been on, are you repurposing, resharing those out to use those interviews or reamplify yourself?
1: Yeah, I haven't been particularly strong at that yet. Uh, But then again, it's because I didn't have anybody for step two. So I was doing it all myself. Um, But I've got a man on the case now. And and we're reaching back to I've done uh, like 136 shows in the last few years, and uh, as a guest. And so we're going to reach out to those 136 hosts and say, hey, let's let's do this again and get better at it. And then uh, each time a show was aired, I would get the links to it, and I'd of course uh, populate my social media with it, and and do an email blast or whatever. Um, but that was, yeah, I, I have been marginally effective at that part of it. but um, that's, no, not, br- that's that's one of those that you want to end the sentence with the word yet. Yes, you know I haven't done sentence out yet, And that's not happening yet because there are changes afoot.
0: Well, that's where, again, leveraging these podcasts, as micro content. Again, you can chop them up, do, do that. Sharing out, like you said, and do that little at symbol and mention who the host was, mention the mm-hmm. show. There's all these techniques. And one of my favorites is celebrating the podcast. Actually, brag on them a little bit, put a note in about how much fun, things like that. Do you find that true with speakers as well, that we should do a better job of celebrating each other instead of feeling like we're in competition?
1: It would be a great idea. Yeah. And Well, and that's the competition thing. Years ago, when you went to an NSA meeting, it was all about caring and sharing, drop the competitive walls, and just open up and tell your secrets to the rest of your colleagues. And that was the whole mantra of, of Bill Gove and Cabot Robert and Don Hudson and, you know, all the early, early members. And um, that kind of faded over the years to where we became much more similar to other professional associations. Now, there, this is an important distinction. There are professional societies and or associations and there are trade associations. Many people think NSA is a trade association. The key is in the first word. What are we about, trade or the profession? See, if we're a professional society, then it's about advancing the profession by enhancing the professionals. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. Now, does that mean that we shouldn't expand the market? Heck no. Because if you've created all these wonderful value pieces, they got to have somewhere to go, right? So you need to be conscious of and expanding the market. But in what order? Profession first market second. If you're a trade association, market first, profession second. So you're all about expos and trade shows and, you know, marketing on all of its various levels. And so that's, and you've got associate members and regular members, vendor members and so forth. And it's a big deal. But in NSA, we are about advancing the profession, the craft of doing what we do as speakers. And that distinguishes us from trade associations in a pretty profound way because trade associations are competing.
0: So let me jump in because the idea of elevating the craft, learning the craft, going deeper, part of the craft now is the media side. Totally. And that's and always has for been. many
1: people in the past. The media was this or a lapel, a lavalier, mic, or you know, stagecraft, you know, mm-hmm. moving around the lighting and the things, dealing with what was it, overhead projectors and yes. 35 millimeter slides, trays. <laughs> and I mean, it was, it was what it was. That was the medium at, at the day. And I remember going between flights when I was going to a speaking engagement, if I were connecting in say Cleveland, during that connection, I would go over to a pay telephone. And I'd plug the pay telephone and call local area trade associations and say, do you ever use outside speakers? You know, so, yeah, I mean, and
0: these are media, right? Right. Now, you've written over 23 different books, which we talked about. With the leverage of podcasts and audio and video and all the things we use now within the speaking world, how much easier would it have been to produce a book? off of all the content we're creating now with podcasts oh. and streaming content. What, what would Jim have done years ago if you had the power you have now and the tools you have now? What, yeah. How many books would you have done?
1: Oh, Well, I've done 27, 23 are already published. And I started doing back in the 1990s, something that I didn't see many other people doing. And that was producing micro lessons packaged together. Mm-hmm. Even my demo tape, my, my speaker preview, what they call sizzle reel now, uh, back then you could get away with making them longer. And so I took clips, little like one minute or less clips from maybe six or seven different speeches and put it together as a learning tool. And I made sure the lessons all led to a, a insight or a skill or a conclusion that was worth paying to learn. Like buying a book, and so I did that, you know, even back then. But it was awkward because I was the only one doing it, and the market didn't get it that that made sense yet. Yeah, you know, and and so we've seen book anthologies and things like that. Well, with podcasts, the only difference is printer sound, right? An anthology is podcast taking its best of show multiple times, packaging that together and selling it as the greatest hits.
0: That's exactly the idea behind elevating the media brand that way is, yeah, how many episodes do you have? Every quarter, you could publish a minor book or a teaser book by the end of the year, doing the best of, like you said, and Mm -hmm. you can even embed, now with the digital books we have, you can embed a link to go back to your YouTube channel, bring up a clip from there, besides having it in the book, the resources of building that media empire through podcasting are really endless now.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. and. one thing that hasn't changed is the necessary fundamental skills such as such as the ability to communicate clearly, the ability to tell a story in a compelling way, the ability to summarize a lot of dialogue into the key learning points that people need to take home with them, the ability to get past the elephant in the room and expose whatever the truth is that needs to be heard so that things can get better after that. All of those basic skills, the ability to be a good listener, the ability to, to shut yourself up long enough to allow something else to happen. And even the ability to pause and not feel compelled to fill that void with sound because people need time to think. last week I was talking to one of my colleagues and he said, I'm gonna send you a quick little little blip that I put on, on YouTube. And I, I, I'm really proud of it. Tell me what you think. And I looked at it and it was about four minutes long, but it was four minutes of non-stop ideas. Hmm. And each idea was strong. So not four minutes around one, di- one idea, it was one concept like solving problems. And the ideas within it were each profound enough you needed time to think about them. And I said, I said, I, I, I just watched your video and I'm going to do one for you right now off the cuff. Okay. This video is going to be about professional selling. Are you ready? He said, yes. I said, okay, professional selling needs to follow the sales cycle. Sales cycle is preparation, targeting the right people, connecting with those people so that they trust you, assessing their needs and their wants, solving their problem, and letting them know that it's been solved so that you can then confirm their commitment to buy. That's called closing by most people. Then we assure satisfaction and ongoing loyalty after that. And then you manage the accounts, and manage yourself. Now, each one of those has a skill set within it. And the skills for preparation are not the same as the skills for trust building. And the skill, you know, and I paused and I said, how am I doing?
0: He said, slow down. I said, you too. That's See, the point. Well, you know? and, and, and you're also illustrated at the beginning, you were saying there was so much was fire hoses and all these ideas slow down because each one of those is a podcast, each one of the teaching point, too often, we are still fire hosing instead of doing what you're describing, Jim is slow down and figure out how you want to amplify that with media. Now. Is it a white paper? Is it a podcast? Is it a new YouTube video, There's so (laughs) many different ways to take this and build that same content out further without fire hosing people. And I, I think that's what people are really, really missing, slow it down, and give it to us in chunks that we can digest. Think of the valuable gems that going forward now we as speakers, leaders, influencers can have by literally leveraging that through podcasts and streaming content as well.
1: And when you do have it, let's say we had a a cassette of Cabot Robert yeah, telling one of his classic stories or in a dialogue with someone else about an NSA issue as a speaking profession. You and I right now could just say, here's what our founder had to say about that. Click. And there it is, captured for this audience, and it gives you content to build
0: on for the next segment of the show. So interesting that you say that, and Jim did not know this in advance. So behind the stage, the new show that I'm hosting and producing with the NSA, we're literally adding that new segment in of, did you know, and it's gonna be part of the 50-year anniversary, and we are gonna pull old stuff like that. That's exactly the idea, Jim, of what we're getting at. It's endless what you can do now to educate, inform, entertain, inspire through these podcasts and through the streaming material. But that's exactly what we're literally going to be launching with our new episode coming I up. Love that. So the thing that I want
1: song. most, and pardon me for interrupting, but the yeah. thing I want most out of a podcast is responses. I want interaction with that audience. I want to hear from them. I want them, I want them saying something, asking a question, posting something in the, uh, you know, in the Comments like Amy Castro said, what about permissions to pull others recording the question Yeah. Yeah. And it permissions, you know, if if it's people you know, that's going to be pretty easy to obtain, probably. Uh, others, I I don't know the technical answer to that right off the bat, but I would imagine I can throw that to
0: you. Well, more and more people are putting waivers into their things. So they're saying we're going to use your likeness, your face, we're going to use your audio. So more and more podcasters, as they elevate their brand, are putting in those writers that we're going to use you. And we have the right to chop it up, to repurpose it. Um, yeah. And some people are really getting frustrated about it because now they're claiming the right to repurpose the interview, but it was on your channel. It would be no different than NBC doing an interview with you, yeah. Jim. And NBC would reuse it over and over again. The difference well, is, so is so entrepreneurs doing it now.
1: Think about like Sirius Radio. Mm-hmm. You know, and you've got the the comedy channel. Jeannie Robertson made a fortune with that. You know Jeff Foxworthy, people like that. They've they've you know blue collar comedy. Uh, Jane Herlong, uh, you know Patrick Henry. Other people have gotten on there with just a little clip, a little signature story, a little cute, quick one liner kind of a uh, piece. And repurposed it for money. Well, if you and I think of our collection of wisdom, our, our IP, mm-hmm. in that way, then we can micro file all of the things, you know, across like leadership, sales, communication, interpersonal, and so forth. And then we can go down and we can do the story about when I was in insurance, or the, the one that da 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 And you've got a matrix of all these that you can publish along as long as you've captured the rights to them for yourself. You can publish those in ways that make sense for other people, but you can't make it about you. It's got to be about how cool that clip is when played by somebody else. Doesn't matter you're John Denver. This is Rocky Mountain High, the recording. We just want to hear a good
0: song. And so that's, again, this is where it goes now. You have to start thinking like a media company. That's exactly what Monday Night Football has done for years. That's one what every sporting association has done. They grab those historic moments and drop them in. When you do your book now and you're talking on leadership and you have a Dennis Waitley quote, but you have Dennis Waitley on video or on audio, you drop that link in and you mention him, (coughs) highlight some of the bonus content now, part of your podcast with him, gets fed in as added personal flavor of Dennis Waitley talking with his own voice to the content you've already got.
1: Like I said, the medium is not the point. It's the message that just needs to morph with whatever medium exists.
0: It's a tool to amplify your message.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So even though nobody has a movie projector anymore, much, um, (laughs) everybody can watch movies with a click, Mm -hmm. but every one of those involves rights with somebody. So there need to be agreements, and we need to, as an association, I think, uh, we need to to come up with better and better ways to standardize that across all platforms, because when we become really good at capturing, formatting, and preserving messages, information, IP, then it can be repurposed in perpetuity, no matter what the platforms are that evolve, be it podcasting or
0: other. The interview style, Jim, I, I just want to go there for a second. Yeah. Some people think they have to get on and they become a very stiff puppet, and they're always giving just rigid answer. Um, I come off sports entertainment. I've always gone with the conversational style, Let's relax. Let's you know, even get a drink in our hand, just have a good time relax how 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 would you advise people to go about the podcasting style to make it be authentic and real?
1: The sad thing is, there are still a lot of teachers, leaders, mentors out there telling people, this has got to be perfect. You got to do, you know, you got to get on the air. Good evening, you know, Indonesia, The Indonesians <laughs> are having a party, you know, and you uh, no, you you're there to connect with people. And if you are a recording, you know, coming from a live person, you're not going to
0: connect with people. When it comes to, what do you think the speaker community is going with podcasting, going with virtual stage? Do you think we're going back to the full crowd, 3,000 people? Or do you think this is always going to be more of a media hybrid world we now go out and
1: Well, I think the media hybrid world has made a lot of people um, attendance lazy. You know, you get more value if you're there in person. You have more possibilities for downloads and and applications and things like that if you're online. So the two being combined, the most powerful is if you have a hybrid in the same room event as opposed to a bunch of people remote. Uh, But the second level is those that can or will come to the live event and they have all the other things for post event uh, bonuses. And those that don't or can't can attend virtually and you get all those others. I, I don't think we're ever going to lose the hybrid f- feature. I yeah. think it's, it's permanently changed because it's just too darn convenient and easy and, and flexible. And um, the, the thing I want to do is encourage more and more genuine personal dialogue.
0: Jim, as we're heading to the finish line, we got a few minutes left. What are some of the biggest nuggets you can get from your experience of podcasting? And again, going back to that, being a leader, being a magnet. What are the things can you share in those two things? uh,
1: By the way, I joined NSA in 1976. So when we talk about 50 years, I'm pretty close to that myself. (laughs) Uh, The, um, Years ago, Terry Paulson, CPAE, past president of NSA, good dear friend of mine, he said, Jim, we both live in California because I though I'm in Austin, Texas now, I was in Southern California at the time. He said, I was just on a a radio show the other day, drive time show, and you'd make a good guest. I recommended you. So I called the host and, and he said, yeah, I'd love to have you as a guest. Can you come into the studio? I said, well, it's kind of awkward. Uh, Can we do it remotely? He said, okay. So I did a guest appearance on the show and it went well. He said, would you like to come back? And I said, yeah. And in fact, I will come in the studio. So I went to the studio and I spent the whole two hours with him and got more than a little cameo and introduction or feature. I got to go back and forth with him and the other people. Even the producer throughout the two hours during drive time. Nice. So I'm looking at this as free advertising. But then it occurs to me, I'd like to do that. So he said to me, Jim, um, would you be willing to come in on a regular basis and be my co host? I said, well, what would that involve? And he told me. And I figured out, yeah, I could do that. And so I agreed to co-host the show with him as if it were my community college course on how to do a radio show. In other words I was doing it as a student, you know, obviously as a as a free marketing medium mm-hmm. too. Oh yeah. but as a student to learn the craft of podcasting, which is doing your own radio show. And I did that and then one time he said I've never taken a vacation? And I would like to take a couple weeks off. Would you be the host? Absolutely. And I ran that show, just me and the producer for two weeks, had so much fun. And then we got to the point where he said, Jim, you ought to have your own show. And I've arranged with the, the uh, network to get you one. He said, but what you've got to do is you've got to put your shoulder behind all the marketing and get the sponsors for it and keep that going constantly. And I thought about it and I thought I love doing the shows, love interacting with the guests and don't want to go out and do the local area marketing to mm-hmm. sell the sponsorships. So no thanks. But I created probably 48 shows that I've gotten the can that I could draw from and I used them for marketing and I used mm-hmm. that experience to be a much better guest and host when I was on podcasts and other shows.
0: And that's the broadcaster's journey. I've been 30 years as a professional broadcaster. We all go through that journey, Jim, of being the co-host, being the board op, being this, but you uh, find yourself around and you figure out where you want to be, where you belong. Not everyone's meant to sell and promote. Some people are just meant to do this and have a great time doing it, but finding your place and leveraging that as an expert in that area, that's exactly what we're hoping for everyone here in the NSA. By and the way, if you want to do it, if you want to do these things better, I wrote a
1: book that has 54 lessons, micro lessons on speaking, on professional speaking. I mean, it gets as micro as what should you think about while your introducer is talking about you. Uh, micro lessons on what do you do when the guy before you ran overtime? What do you do? Yeah, et cetera. If the room catches on fire, literally. Um 54 lessons in an ebook that ebook style is 361 pages. If it were printed, it'd probably be 200, but it's free. So just go to free.cathcart.com, Com, and you can download it there. And if, you, if you're interested in the Experts Academy and Wisdom Council, yep. book a call with me and let's chat.
0: What's the best way to get in touch with you? Just so people very clearly know how to get in touch with you for that, Jim.
1: Well, for email, Jim d- at Cathcart.com. But you can go to free.cathcart.com and there's a scheduling link. Takes you right to my calendar.
0: We will add that to our post notes when Thank we you. replay this. Because right now we're streaming on Facebook. Thank you for all of our Facebook friends. This will be replayed back in the NSA uh, podcasters group. And again, don't forget to join us tomorrow night for the NSA authors group. We really love doing these. If you have any suggestions or topics for the podcast forum, you have suggestions on people that you would like to have us interview and have these great discussions with, contact me, rich at richbontrigger.net, or just simply find me on LinkedIn. Very easy to do. There's only one Trigger Bond Trigger out there. Uh, so it's very easy to connect. I would love to know what your interests, what your needs are. We make these shows very, very practical for you. Jim Cathcart, I really appreciate your time with us tonight. You're always busy. You're always rocking the stage, but... Thank you, my friend, for being here with us tonight.